Alright guys, and we are back. Another episode. This is Nick Borden. We do apologize that we did not have an episode out last Thursday. I know we've been really trying to be consistent with that the last, you know, several months. It's just, you know, sometimes sometimes things happen and you can't control it. You know, you know, it just it is what it is. And it was one of those moments. And so that's it's kinda what I wanna just kinda talk with y'all about today. You know, we we've built this we built this company on the idea that we just want to be very transparent. Um, just given our honest takes, you know, you know, we love talking about, you know, everything from sports, pop culture, music and everything. But sometimes I think what can get lost in translation is, you know, when we try to, you know, match our, our real lives with this. And, you know, that's, and we, we want to be a company to where we can be as honest and transparent, you know, just about what's also going on in our own personal lives. And I think, think with you know transparency and vulnerability you know that breeds authenticity and I think that's what we want to be here at good entertainment and so I know for a lot of you all that have been listening over the last several months is you've noticed that I actually haven't been on a lot of these episodes um it's been Josh and Walker they've been carrying it and we appreciate it I've actually got Josh here with me now kind of hanging out he'll chime in a little bit later which I'm excited to talk about um but yeah, so I mean, I guess I'll just kind of start, you know, with why I haven't been on. Um, late April, early May, my grandfather was actually diagnosed with cancer, and I didn't really tell any a lot of people that. I kind of wanted to kind of, for the most part, keep that, you know, to just to my inner circle of friends, and I didn't really just want to let it out there, just because for the most part, I mean, I have a podcast, but I'm a pretty private person, and I think. A lot of times with me being so private, I'd rather keep stuff in instead of actually letting it out, which I've kind of <laughs> been learning is very unhealthy. Um, and I've been doing that for a really long time. And I think this has just been one of those situations where I don't really want to talk to people <laughs> for the most part about this, but I feel like keeping things in, it's just going to make things worse in the long run. And so... Yeah, so I'll just go ahead and say it. Um, my grandfather, you know, unfortunately, he passed away on Thursday early in the morning on September 23rd, I do believe was the date. And yeah, it's been it's been tough. I'm not going to lie. The last uh yeah, the last few days has not been not been easy at all on our family. It's been it's been hard. I'm I'm a person that I try to not try to. I mean, I just I'm an overthinker. You know, I'm an Enneagram search for people that know what that is. Pretty much I'm crazy. That's what that means. But I overthink a lot. You know, I think, uh, I, I just think of scenarios and different things that are going to go on. And try to, I try to mentally prepare for things, for every situation and every scenario that you kind of happen in my life. But, and you know, and I know it might sound weird. and I, Maybe there's a few other people that do that as well. But, yeah, I was wondering, you know, you know, what's it gonna be like, you know, to lose your grandfather, you lose your grandmother, you know, what, like, what will it be like? And this has been one of those things where I thought I was prepared, and I thought I was mentally like ready. I mean, you can never be ready in the moment, but you know, we've, we, I feel like we were honestly blessed with the last four months we got with them because we were able to, you know, just kind of spend as much time as we possibly could and just, you know, hang out with them and. And just spend some time. But it's been tough. Um, you know, my uh, my grandparents, 
they're married for a long time. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, um, about their journey in life. But uh, it's been hard, um, especially with my grandmother dealing with dementia right now. It just makes uh, it just made this a lot worse. It's a lot worse than I would have ever expected it to be, honestly. You know, it's it's when you have to watch someone, you know, relive the worst day of their life multiple times a day. I mean, it it breaks you. And after a certain point, you know, it's we're five days into this journey. It's not it's not been easy. Like it's it rocks you to your core. But I think that's where once again, just, you know, vulnerability and transparency is like the best way to be because like I don't know what to do right now. And you know, my my mom doesn't. The rest of my family, like we, we don't we literally don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, that's where, you know, trusting and relying in God and praying and talking to other people, but I think I think there's uh like you said, there's this transparency about it, it just breeds like the real authenticity of this is just re- the reality of how it is. And it's not supposed to be easy when you lose a loved one, you know? I I was blessed with the last, you know, twenty two and a half years of my life to spend with my grandfather. Amazing man. And it's, it's tough. I mean, this, you know, we, a lot of people like to use the phrase, the new normal, you know, once the, uh, once the funeral takes place and once, uh, you know, everything kind of calms down a little bit, but it's hard, you know, but that's why I think it's, it's a real topic and it's something that's actually goes on that we all deal with at one point in our lives or another. And so that's why I want to talk about, I want to talk about how I'm feeling because honestly, I don't want to, you know, I don't like to, you know, just have these one-on-one or whatever conversations with my family. I don't know why. It's just hard. But I feel like with this platform that, you know, me, Josh Walker, we've we've tried to build upon. I think this is this is the best way to do it. And it's it just it gives us an all an opportunity to just be vulnerable and talk about our feelings. Talk about, you know, we talk about the fun stuff. Like I just said I'd much rather right now be talking about Tyron Whitley getting the I Love Jake Paul tattoo on his finger. I'd much rather just be talking about that, having fun, poking fun at him right now. But I don't think that it's not, this wouldn't be my authentic self of where I'm at right now. And I think that's okay. And I think that's what we all need to know that it's okay, you know, not to be okay sometimes. But, you know, this too will pass. And I know that. You know, you got to trust in God. You got to trust, you know, the, trust what the plan is. He knows a lot better than what I do, even though I like to think I know it all sometimes. And Josh right here can attest to that. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to be honest about where we're at. But also with that, I think I would be doing a disservice if I didn't use this opportunity and this platform to just honor who my grandfather was. He, Papa was freaking, <laughs> he was the freaking coolest guy I've ever met, man. Oh, this guy. I'll just guess I'll just start from the beginning. And this is the only time you're going to hear me use his full name. Raymond Johnson. There you go. He's, he's popping from here on out. He was born in 1927. Which when you think about it, you got to think about what those eyes have seen. 94 and a half years alive. I mean, he's gone through wars, civil rights movement. I mean, 9-11. That's just like political stuff, bro. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. He tells... He he. Once you got Papa talking, he was a very, uh, especially in his older age, he was a quiet man. For the most part, he kind of he'd say hey, he'd say he love you, stuff like that. But for the most part, he kept pretty quiet. 
But when you could get him telling stories, man, like, yeah, he would not stop. So he loved talking about old times, you know, old times, you know. He was one of those – He never. I never heard him say this, but he was one of those back when I was a boy type of guys. He and – I reheard the story that my mom told a couple of days ago, and it cracks me up to where – I don't even know if this is – bro, I don't even know if this is a real story or not. But – um, he, I'll, I'm going to tell it. He, so he would do some cotton farming and he had covered wagon, took his horses, he had to go to the cotton gin. He'd t- he could spend all day there. And then when it was time for him to go home, he said that he would tell his horses, all right, let's go home. He'd go lay in the back and he'd take a nap until they pulled up to the house. I mean, that's, that was, that's what this man grew up doing. I mean, it blows my mind to think like, he he now he lived in a time where there were smartphones and all this stuff. This is crazy to think about. But yeah, he then uh so after doing stuff for a while, he uh him and Nana met. And uh they dated for six weeks before they got married. And they were living in Ohio and they went and got on the road and he- headed to Mississippi to to get married, went to the courthouse, got a preacher to marry him and a couple years ago, I think I even have a photo on my uh, Snapchat of it, but I was able to see their wedding certificate. And, it, bro, it's <laughs> it's a, it was amazing to see just how everything was kind of like written in pen and like the stamp and everything. It was, it was amazing to see. But I had the opportunity uh, to take them, to drive them to my cousin's wedding. It was about an hour out, out of the way. So I had a lot of time to talk and just to, you know, just to hear some of their stories. And I hear this story that absolutely cracks me up. So they were at a couple weeks into them dating. They're out at some carnival or whatever, and they're walking around and they're holding hands. Well, Papa sees one of his ex-girlfriends with another guy. And as soon as he sees her, he drops Nana's hand and keeps walking. I said, Papa, why said, why'd you, man, why'd you drop Nana's hand for? He's like, well, cause I saw my ex. <laughs> Just like, uh, it's just like the funniest thing to hear, but it was, I, I always remember that night because it's just like, just didn't hear like their story about once again about getting married and just how things were so different. I think, I believe it was 1952. Yeah, it was 1952 because Nana was 19 years old, dated for six weeks and how different that is. I mean, I guess, uh, I guess, you know, the bachelor might be more accurate to how, you know, marriage in the forties, the fifties and the sixties was because, you know, date for a few weeks and then, you know, get engaged. Yeah. I mean, it worked for several years. Uh, they, uh, Nana and Papa were married for 69 and a half years, man. Almost 70 years, which is blows my mind to believe that they did it. But I mean, that's, that just tells you, I mean, we've in this day and age, we've tried to over, complicate and oversimplify so many things to where it's like marriage and relationships but that's that generation and it's so it was so cool just to see you know hear their stories and just watch their relationship in the older age because it's just like it gives it gives you so much hope like you know like man i really want that like if they were able to last that long that's and that's what's been that's what's been the hardest part of of all of that is you know they were married for 69 and a half years a lot of people don't even make it in age to that old and they were they were together for that long so that's it's just it's just an amazing 
it was an amazing thing to just get to witness and, you know, have that in your heritage and in your bloodline. And it gives, it just gives, it gives you hope, man. It's like, you know, they, what they shared was something just incredibly special and incredibly rare nowadays that not a lot of people have anymore. And so that, uh, like I said, it just gives you something to look forward to. So what else we got on the list? Papa. This is where I've realized that me and him are pretty similar. He's he's a man. He loves his TV shows. Loves his TV shows. I and like I've heard like my mom complain about me saying you watch too much TV. I'm like, well, what I love about Pop is he like he had set channels for like different hours of the day. So like in the morning it was always CBS. He had to watch Let's Make a Deal. Had to watch Wheel of Fortune. Then Young and the Restless would come on. Then they'd have the news. Well, then after the news and after they ate lunch, then you'd turn on to TV land. And we, that's when we get our Westerns, man. We've got – he loved uh, Gunsmoke, Marshall Dillon, Festus. And every time, like, whenever – that's a lot of the time whenever I would come over there would be on in the afternoons after getting off work or whatever. And he'd be, we'd sit there. I'd give him some coffee from when I worked at, the, uh, at Starbucks. He'd always say, "Ooh, the coffee man's here," and he would he would take the coffee and he would drink it, and he'd say, "Ooh, that sure is strong enough," and he'd say, "Man, that's so strong, he'd just jump on the floor and walk." He'd just say funny stuff like that, and so he, and what's funny is really him and Nana are what got me like I started drinking coffee, decaf of course, at a young age is because we'd be at restaurants. And Nana would fill her little creamer cups with a little bit of coffee and an ice cube and give it to me. And so I'd be drinking it. So then, like, years later, and she would send over, none of my parents drank coffee. She'd send over coffee grounds that she would have so that I could make it at home when they weren't there. And so it, it, was, it was always cool and funny to see that I would able to kind of repay them for all the coffee they gave me by giving them some free Starbucks. Which, granted, they couldn't, they would never be able to imagine trying to pay, like, for a Starbucks cup of coffee, which is really funny. And I'd always tell them that. I'm like, yep. They're like, how much it costs? I said, don't worry about it. I get it for free. <laughs> even even if I had to pay for it, like, don't worry about it. I, you know, we got this for free. He also, so yeah, but yeah, and then we also had something near and dear to my heart, Walter, Texas Ranger. That, I have seen every episode at least three to four times through watching it with him and they like we used to just i'd go over there and we just watch walter texas ranger and he got the biggest kick out of watching walter texas ranger just beat the mess out of villains just like he would just sit there he would just be laughing and just be the funniest thing and of course my uh nana's uh maiden name is actually walter and that's my middle name people used to think that uh i was named after walter texas strangers like not nah, it's family name but it uh it was always fun to watch. Like he loved those action TV shows. Well, later on in his life, he uh, on the channel INSP, Inspiration TV, he uh, he found a new love at 7 o'clock every weekday. Mountain men. And it was just these mountain men like living in Alaska in different places and just how they lived, had big old beards. Well, after he'd been in the hospital for a while and hadn't shaved, we are like, well, Papa, you're looking like Eustace from Mountain Men. And he'd just get the biggest laugh out of that. And so, yeah, and I've realized now, like, he, he didn't like missing his shows. I know, like, we would have him over for dinner, and he's like, all right, it's, you know, 6.45, we got to go home for Mountain Men. Can't miss it. 
and I'm kind of the same way about my shows. Like I don't, I don't like missing them. Like if it's on, like I, I want to be home. I don't care what we're doing if we're hanging out. But I want to be home. And so that was always funny to, uh, just funny just to experience that with them. And so I was thinking the other day, I'm like, man, I'm really gonna miss watching Gunsmoke and Marshall Dillon. Like it was just something something I grew up on, and it was cool to see it too. From like in the earlier seasons, it'd be black and white, and then in the later seasons, turned to color. You could always tell, you know. And we learned something. I learned something crazy a few days ago. Was that the guy who played uh, Marshall Dillon was only born two or three years before Papa, and so that was so that was actually his uh, that was the same uh, age frame and everything, which was very interesting to hear. And so it kind of explains to you why he loved it so much is because that was, as that was Aaron, that's, he was just around. Like that was, he remembers that Aaron, which blows my mind, which is so cool to he, think about. Yeah. My man, he, and he also, Papa loved gospel music. Like the Gaithers, like he, when I tell you, he had so many gospel CDs, 20, 34. I don't even, like, I don't know how many yet. Just he, Every, you know, birthday, Christmas, whatever, holiday, you know, got him a new CD. And whenever he wasn't watching TV, he would just put in a tape and you'd walk into his house and you'd find him just reclined on the uh, recliner, just listening to his CDs. You know, whenever he was uh, confined to his hospital bed in his house, we just got him, instead of just listening to him, we just got him Gaither DVDs. We'd just sit there and watch all these different through homecomings, I'd sit there just clap along, you know, and it was just, it was just a good time. And so that's another way I feel like I was able to connect with him over the years was just because once I started playing music and he was able to see that every Sunday, he, he was able to see me on stage. That that was like a really proud moment for him. And so that's why also, you know, I, I did that for a, a few years, but that's why, you know, once I left my home church, I was out for – since I was a little kid, that's what made that decision so hard was knowing that he wasn't going to be able to see that every Sunday. But I was also able to get gratification from that because once my first Sunday at my new church, well, mom and dad brought him and Anna to come see that, and he was able to see this big old camera. He thought the big old camera that like pans through the audience, he thought that was the coolest thing. Well, that sure is a big one. And he's like, oh, that's a, that's a big church you got there. And he just says stuff like that. It was just it felt really good just to kind of know it's like I got his approval on that. And whenever it, me telling them that was like the hardest thing. It was like, it was the hardest conversation I had. I was like, yeah, you're not, you're not going to see me every Sunday. But he said, that's okay. And then he just kept about his day. So, like, all right. He said, that's okay. I kept watching TV. And all right. He didn't have a problem with it. So that's okay. But the thing <laughs> that, I just think this is probably the thing he's most proud of was he he loved also watching preachers that were funny. He loved like comedic preachers. He would just sit there and just laugh, just laugh. And his one of his favorite ones has to be Jesse Duplantis. And the cool thing about this is that he was able to see Jesse Duplantis at least once a year because he would come to his home church and preach. Well, you know, once I started playing in the band and stuff, I started getting opportunities to where I got to play for him. And so he had all like weeks beforehand, he'd be asking me, he's like, you don't play for him? I'm like, yes, sir. He said, all right. And then he'd be there and he'd just get to watch. So I'm playing for the man, you know, while he comes up and starts, you know, doing whatever he's going to do in the service. But I think the coolest moment I got to have and when I got to tell him this 
was, and Josh, this is where I want you to hop in, was whenever uh, that first year that me and Josh, after a- we we did ask for this, by the way, like we we asked, it's not like we were just granted this, you know, great, you know, yeah, we, honor. We threw the hats in the ring. Yes, we we six months beforehand, like it had to be like June, and he comes in January. Yeah. We we're like, you know, we, we'd love to pick this guy up. You know, why not? We it was like we asked the the pastor that kind of was responsible for quote unquote booking the the drivers. Okay, just picking out two guys at the church that wouldn't ask for money. Um, <laughs> and uh, we asked him, it was like a random, I'm sure we were at the fireworks stand or something. Or so, it was I think some, we were at like, I think was, we were at, I think we were at Las Vegas one day, like after working out or whatever. And we're like, we just kind of, oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah. and it was like, yeah, sure. You're like, hey man, uh, is there any way that, you know, maybe, you know, maybe. It's fine if not. Yeah. When Jesse comes, you know. Can we the, pick him up? Can, can we? Can we pick him up? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay, and so we, I totally uh, expected it not to happen. Oh yeah, I didn't. I I thought it was gonna like, then, like, fall through. That's a why week I, before he was like, "Y'all still get to pick him up." And we're like, like, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, being uh, once we uh, once I actually got that yes, and then being able to tell him like, "Hey, Papa, you know, I'm going to uh, I'm actually going to pick Jesse up from his plane." He, his face just lit up. He's like, "Oh, really?" You know, like when I explain to you, this man like. Jesse Duplantis, they send out a magazine once a month, like Covenant Magazine or whatever. It's always him and his wife on the cover of the magazine. So, like, and they get it every month. And so, like, it's always – so he 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 knows who Brother Jesse and Miss Kathy are. Well, the first year that me and Josh went together to go pick him up, we're suited up. We're looking clean as a whistle. I mean, we are dressed to impress at this point. We got the plan. We know exactly what we're going to talk about with this man about. We know everything. Also, I should mention, it's a five-minute drive. Max. M- maximum. Yeah. It is a five-minute drive from the... You could... I mean, the thing... You can see the airplanes, like, in their last seconds of descent before they hit the tarmac. Yeah. If you really... If you had a... If you were standing on top of the church building, you could probably see the planes land. Hit... Like, touchdown. Hit the yeah. Highway. So... We had like three topics of conversation. It was, we, it was were, something. We were ready. We were planned and ready to go. Well, something we weren't prepared for was Pastor's car was making a noise as we were like, and we didn't know this. He just lets us know like right as he pulls up. He's like, "Yeah, guys, you know, once we start, uh, you know, once we start going, it'll, it'll make like a little like I, I can't even describe. Like a like a, kind of just a weird sound. It's like you know, it's uh, it's still fun to drive. So we're like, okay. okay sure. So we did it, and we start driving, and because we we're not going to drive our cars, by no, the way. No, absolutely, absolutely not. not. And I mean, Josh had even like stopped on his way to like pick up the Fiji waters just to have we picked in place, up a couple Fiji waters just in case. I think we picked up Fiji waters and Spark waters just in just, just in case, so we could have uh, uh, an option to deny both. Exactly. So anyway, so it starts jamming down the road, and the car goes. Ah! And me and Josh like looked at each other, we're like, okay. I should also mention. At this point in time, he had come basically every year since I could remember. Definitely since you know Nick had been going to to Calvary, yes, or to our home church, uh, Calvary. We've said it multiple times, and um, his wife had never come with him. I maybe ne- maybe once, but never seen Miss Kathy. It was in not my a life. regular occurrence. I had no. I like if she had, I just never paid attention. Yeah. to Yeah. So, anyways, so we. So drove, we're expecting him. 
So we so we pull up to the airport. We go inside. And we're like, yeah, we're, we're picking up. You know, Jesse, you plan? So I'm like, yeah, and just land. If you want to go ahead and pull pull your car through onto the tarmac, which I had picked him up previously one time before this with a different guy, and they didn't let us do that. Yeah. Right, so, so, so maybe they saw you and they were like, Duh. well, we okay. were suited up. We were looking sharp. We we were looking sharp. So it's like, all right, these guys know what they're doing. So we're like, I, absolutely. So we go so pull into the tarmac. Pull up to the wrong side of and the plane. And we pull up to the wrong side of the plane. I will I will take hundred percent credit for this. I was driving. Um I yeah, it was my it fault. It may it may be that I don't pull up next to airplanes every single day, but I like pull up to the other side. I'm like, oh, there's no door. Yeah, yeah. the door's on the other side. So I like swoop around and then we look and he's walking off the plane and look, right, who's behind him? Miss Cassie Duplantis. And we're like I mean Josh starts. We freak out. out. We're like, Oh shoot, oh shoot. Like cause we did like like I said, I'm such a planner. In my mind, like I planned everything out. I didn't plan for her to come. Absolutely not. So, it was it was almost a given that she wasn't going to come. Exactly, because the man travels like six days a week out of the out of yeah six days a week. You know, out of, out of the year. Yeah. So. So yeah, we uh we weren't uh we weren't prepared for this. But anyway, so we got out the car. You know, we greet them and. All right, all right, do we, uh, you know, we we got get his Bible and his, you know, his his his, his suit, suit jacket, and uh, like, all right, we're gonna go inside to the restroom. Like, all right, absolutely. So then so we, we pull around front. We pull around front. We go back inside. And we reintroduce ourselves to the man of God, and uh, it's time to go. We're like, all right, so I'm like, all right, I guess I'll just open the door for Miss Kathy because at that point, that's your focus. Mm-hmm. If the you have to if the man or God brings his wife that she becomes your number one priority, yes. and so we we get him in because the car. That's his number one priority, exactly. And so we start pulling off. At this point, we had completely forgotten that this car is making this noise. There were at least five different things that have happened to make us not remember this, right. and it's it was not even in it was not even close. Like, because at this point we're we're freaking out. We're like, what do we say to her? Exactly. Also, we're like we're kind of getting we're starting to get down the road yeah so we're like we started driving and and we're starting to you know ask them how their flight was and different stuff like that and all of a sudden as we're driving and we everyone tenses everybody freaks out and we see them and we're like oh yeah relax we're like by the way relax by the way this is a this is pastor's car and he, he he said it's making this noise but don't worry it's okay it's like oh this is a this is george's car he's like yes sir he's like Oh, he needs to get his car fixed, doesn't he? Like, yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, at that point, we had already planned on talking about football because if you don't know, Jesse Duplan is from New Orleans, big Saints fan. They had just gotten ripped off in the playoff game before that to go to the Super Bowl. It 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 was the play that it was the pass interference that couldn't be reviewed. Yeah. That's what it was. So we uh, so we bring that up, and all of a sudden, Miss Kathy just jumps in the conversation talking about football, saying now. I can't believe it. We were going to have a big old viewing party at our church next week for the game and this and that. And it just starts going in. And all you know, we're just talking about football for like the next two minutes on the drive. Which it, So it worked out perfectly. She was talking more than he was. Oh, she was. Which she I think was, was a good thing. It was great. Yeah. It was phenomenal. So it was good. And we uh, we pull up and he just asked about the church, whatever. But we did it and we, we opened the door and lead him through and. Even Pastor was surprised to see Miss Kathy, which yep. made me feel good. Because it's like we that we were given an itinerary. That was not on the itinerary, Josh. That would have been nice to be on the t- itinerary. Would have been nice for sure. Uh, then the next year and so anyways before I did to the next year. 
after that, you know, it's like we're calm now, we're relaxed. Well, mom walks in with Nana and Papa, and, you know, I get that cool moment. I get to, like, escort my grandfather to his, his, his seat while I'm all suited up, and I, I tell him, like, yes, sir, we just picked him up, and it's, like, a really just cool moment because it's, like, it's someone that my grandfather really, really likes and really enjoys, and it's, like, yeah, his grandson got the opportunity to pick this man up from his plane and get him to the church. And so that that's always been like a really cool thing. I'm really grateful that I had that opportunity and got to kind of share that moment with Papa just because it's like, you know, you don't, for someone that you watch on TV like multiple times during the week, you know, you don't always get that opportunity. So absolutely, it was, that was just a really, uh, it was a really cool moment that we got to share together. So really, uh, like I said, I'm just grateful for that moment. Another thing about my grandfather you have to understand, this man he likes what he likes to eat. And what I mean by that, he has his spots. And when I think about it, Josh, that's kind of how I am too. Oh, what's insane about it? I'm just going to chime in for one last second. You, The more you describe your grandfather, the more you make sense. <laughs> the more I make sense. You're like, he, that's how I am. <laughs> who I am. He likes his shows. He'll talk to people he knows, but he doesn't really you know, say a whole lot to other people. He's like, okay, yeah. He, he likes his food spots. I... Lights his music, Like, bro. Nick, you have, like, five food spots that you and go I'm to known. on a regular bro, basis. Bro, bro, he was known. He was known. Like, he'd go through Arby's. He would go through the drive-thru. He'd say two words. The manager would say, don't worry, Mr. Johnson. I know Jeez. it's you. Go ahead and pull on around. Dang. Dude, like, when I say that this man was known at the spots. And you're working on and it. And I'm kind of out of out of. They know you at Firehouse. Uh, at a few of these places, I'm, I'm really there. At, at Firehouse, I'm known by the lady at Zadsby's that works the window. I'm not, She knows who I am. Um, it's just very, yeah, when I really think about it, like, this is this is really funny. But, like, Papa had two, like, specific spots on specific days. Friday, he had to go to O'Brien's and Hartsley had to do his catfish. Had to. Had to. Once the pandemic hit, that bro, that was so hard because it's like he wasn't able to go out to eat. He was stuck in his house, and bro, and once when I, I even just think about this now, he was in, he was only like, he was born eight years after the Spanish flu, so he almost experienced two pandemics, which is wild to even comprehend. One at the beginning and one at the end. That would that blows my mind, but yeah, so he. That was tough. He wasn't able to, you know, go get his foods. But, you know, whenever we could, you know, mom would go out and pick it up to go and get it for him. But, yeah, as soon as, you know, once he started, you know, his diagnosis and once he he got to where, you know, he could at least, you know, get in the wheelchair and he was okay. It's like, all right, he wants to go to O'Brien's. Like, all right, we're taking you to O'Brien's, Papa. Freaking the procedure he had to, you know, to realize he had this cancer the day after I was I was nervous as you know they're putting a 94 year old man under anesthesia. The day after he's like, all right, let's go to O'Brien's. Let's get this catfish. So yeah, he he loved. Uh, he was always excited to get to get money for his birthday or for Christmas because he says he goes, I can go eat now. Oh my god. He loved it and he would just put it in his pocket. He's like, all right, I can go eat now. Said, all right, Papa, you would get you plenty of catfish from that. So he he loved his catfish, but also every Sunday after church he had to go out in Lawrence County to Caddo Cafeteria. He loved it every Sunday. I became a thing, and once again he was known there too. They they would mom and dad and Mackenzie and uh, 
Nana Papa, they'd roll up. They'd already have their drinks made. Like, all right, then we know what you want. Like every Sunday? Yes. For the most part. When it was like when it was like the waitress, when it was yeah. the people that knew who they were, had their drinks ready. They like see them rolling up and they'd have their drinks. Like, yes. Wow. Crazy, man. Wow. So he that man he was on and that and it makes me especially with the uh the manager at Arby's, like he was always so good to them like over the years, just like not making them pay and yeah, oh yeah. They, they didn't pay. Kidding me? They rolled to Arby's for the most part. They didn't have to pay, especially like if they went inside. Jeez, because they go, they go, and and they were known in Z- <laughs> they were known in Zaxby's too when they go inside. So yeah, it's he pretty much for the most part they hit their spots. And, this man watched TV and ate food. Yeah, this, listen this to gos- listen to gospel music. A man of luxury, a man of principle, man. That's my man guy. Of principle, a man of luxury. Yeah, he. It's it's really it's funny to think Jeez. about, and that's why I mean. I'm glad the last, you know, few months he was able to get out a little bit more because that was, he was getting so frustrated. He, <laughs> he blamed, he blamed the pandemic on my mother. <laughs> he he was upset, man, because he, no pop, you can't go out. You can't, y'all can't go out to eat right now. You can't go out shopping. You're 93 and 88, 87 at the time years old. We're, we're not risking that. We're not doing it. We'll, we'll get your food, but you know, that, that was, I mean, that was, you got to imagine like, that's tough. You've been alive for however many years at that point. You're smarter than everyone in the room by far been around the longest. You've, survived. you've seen the most, you've seen the most, you've survived a whole lot worse. And you're telling me that a little flu. Yeah. I can't get my catfish cause someone's getting the cold. Yeah. It's crazy. Jeez. So it, but yeah, I'm just, this is really cool that like he was known in all these places he went, and I'm kind of like I'm I'm teetering on that same uh, same spot. So yeah, no, just knowing that he uh, he was known and people took care of him like that that means the world to me because just how special people they really are and how special they've been for me. I mean, I haven't even like mentioned this yet. We're thirty minutes into this and. I mean, the reason like we are so close is because for the first 16 years of my life, they lived two streets down, two streets down. You know, Nana, while well, mom and dad were at work, Nana took me and McKenzie to school, picked us up, waited on us. You know, sometimes we'd go over to her house and hang out with her and Papa. And during the summertime, I hung out with them. And so just, you know, building that bond over, you know, 22 and a half years, it's, it's been special. And so it's, uh, yeah. You know, they just mean the world to me. But like, I mean, and you and you get it too. Like, whenever you see, this man had the most contagious laugh and smile of anybody you've ever seen. People say that, but like, whenever you're trying to like, you're at like, as a holiday or whatever, you're trying to take a photo with this man, and he's just kind of just kind of looking there, and to get him to like smile, we'd say, "Laugh, Papa, laugh," and he would just get this most obnoxious, just ha ha ha. And then he would kind of just chuckle after that, but he would just <laughs> be the most obnoxious thing. And it was just, in all those pictures, you just see him just, you know, just laughing and just smiling. And it just like warms your heart because he had just the most contagious laugh and contagious smile. Like, and he'd look at you and like me and him had this relationship. My sister was, and I, I hate this about myself, but my, my sister was so good at just like, you know, thinking of things to talk to him about and just different things just to bring up to him. Like he wanted to just like to know what's going on in the city, you know, what's being built, you know, just different things like that. Cause you know, he's, 
lived here for 40, 50 something years. And so he's, he's kind of seen it all. Um, but it's like me and him, we, we had ability where we could just sit in silence, drink our drinks and just watch our shows. And we're just, we're just bonding. And he, he'd look at you and he'd just kind of grin and smile. And then it was the best. And like me and him for the most part, we didn't hug. We didn't hug. He would sit, he would stick out his hand, give him a five. And he'd say, Oh, that's a good one. And if it wasn't a good one, we had to do another one. It's got to be. It's got to be a good one. Like it, having a bad one's unacceptable. Once he uh, once he got out of the hospital the first time back in like May, he stuck his hand out and I walked in after he gotten discharged. He goes, "Now we have to keep this an easy one." Now, I'm like, "Yes, sir, Papa." Gave him a light high, high five. I said, "Hey, that's still a good one." He said, "Yeah, that's still a good one." And so it just, uh, yeah, man. I mean, whoever. Like whoever I'm married, whatever they try to ever give me a five, I'm like it's never gonna be good enough. Anybody that ever tries to give me a five, I need to understand it will never be good enough. Like it's never, it's it's never gonna match. Uh, it's never gonna match Papa's high fives. And it was just he. It was just something about him, you know. He he was quiet. He had such a calming and loving presence about him. And it, I mean, you you have regrets. It's like you know, I spent a lot of uh, time with him. Still wish I spent more. I mean that that doesn't go away. I wish I had more time with him. He was such an amazing man. I wish I wish I had to think of things to ask. Like I wish I was a better conversationalist. I wish you know, you wish all these things, but you also just have to think of how thankful you are for the moments you did have. And I you know, twenty two and a half years of my life I was able to spend with him. I mean, it still I just still burns that, you know, he's never gonna he's not gonna be able to see me graduate college, you know. And Burns said he's not going to be there for whenever I get married. <laughs> when, not if, when, because that is happening. I'm marrying a fine honey. It's going to happen. It's speaking into existence right now. You hear that, Lord. Um, you know, not good to see his great-grandkid, even though he is a great-great-grandfather. Shout out to him. But, uh, but yeah, and then one last story I want to tell, um, which is the last thing he actually said to me, was uh, I started growing out my facial hair. I don't know why. I was like, a, I was like a weekend to not shaving, and for whatever reason, like I have the worst facial hair. Like it just looks awful, and my chin. I'd try to sleep, and my chin would just start like rubbing. And I just hated it. I'm like, it's bothering me. I can't even sleep with this. It's just rubbing. So I was like, you know what? Whatever. We could use a. Uh, you know, Papa had been at that point discharged, put on hospice. You know, for about a week, and at first, you know, they only gave us like seven to nine days, but. Hey, he made it 16. He proven all them, <laughs> proven all the doctors and nurses wrong. That's how tough he was. But uh, I was like, you know what? For like before I go to work, I'm, like, I'm just gonna you know shave just my uh, shave my chin, shave you know the sides, keep the keep the stash for like an hour. Gonna keep it for an hour. Go get my pick up pick up my sandwich, come back. I'm like, you know, what? I'll just leave it. Well, a couple, and I just, I thought it was going to be funny. Everyone would notice, like, Nick, you have a mustache. Why do you have a mustache for? It was so light. Nobody noticed it. Like, nobody noticed it. Two days in, I have to, like, bring it up to my sister. I'm like, you haven't noticed. I have a mustache. She looks at it, and, you know, she has to look real close. She's like, oh, yeah. And then Dad tried to say, oh, yeah, I noticed that, like, yesterday. I'm like, well, why didn't you say anything? Well, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep this for a few days. Well, a couple of days later, I bring it up to Nana. And Nana, the same thing, her house was dark. It was dark in there. And she goes, I can't see it. I'm like, oh, man. So I had to get up close. She's like, oh, 
yeah, it's nice. I'm like, all right. Well, for like another week and a half later, I'm, like, I'm just going to keep it. Well, we were able to uh, pop a on last Tuesday. He really wanted to be in his uh, in his chair, in his rocker. That's where he's comfortable with. His recliner, that's where he's, you know, spends most of his time. <laughs> if he's not in the bed, he's in his recliner. So that's where he wanted to be. And he uh, he was, he just pointed it to her because he was having trouble talking. While the nurse there, he pointed to it. And they, they're like, okay, you know, we're, we'll try. So they pick him up and they put the man in the rocker. And he was satisfied. He was happy. And they put his glasses on because he wanted his glasses on. And uh, somebody, I think my uncle <laughs> walked in. He's like... He's like, hey, Nick, you're, you're rocking some new facial hair? And I was like, uh, yeah. And he kind of, and Papa kind of heard it. The last few days he hadn't been wearing his glasses. Well, Mackenzie was like, well, what do you think about his uh, his mustache? And so he he, he, he was kind of, he, he looked puzzled. And so I, I get her up right in his face. And I said, Papa, what do you think of my mustache? And I looked at her, I got right in his face. He saw it. He looked at me square in the face. He says, blah. I was like, oh, man. Papa's spoken. Well, Nana said, oh, I like your mustache. I'm like, all right, Nana wins in this case. I'm going to keep the mustache. But, yeah, so that, uh, and then, uh, that night, uh, mom and dad got called and, you know, saying breathing had changed. And so we were able to, uh, we were able to spend another day with them until it was time. But, uh, I'll never forget that story as long as I live. I mean, I have this ridiculous mustache right now. And my grandfather, when asked about it, his last thing he said to me, he said, blah. And the funniest thing to find out was in the, in the slideshow they had for him, they uh, they found this old picture of him. He had a mustache on. And then all my aunts and uncles and my mom and dad, they, they looked at me and they said, Nick. And I look up. I'm like, hey, shout out. Who knew? <laughs> it was just a funny thing. So, yeah, still Nana likes it. So Nana likes it. Nana's going to work even this mustache for a while, you know, so. All you haters out there that say otherwise and ask if I'm losing a bet or why I have this mustache, don't don't worry about it. Nana likes it. That's all. That's all we need to worry about. So Nana wins out. Nana wins out. I mean, you know, she, Josh, I love you, brother, but she's my she's number one best friend. You're like you're like one B. Nana's one A. I think I can. I'll, I'll be okay with that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's a. Uh, cap it off. My grandfather's just, just a freaking cool guy. He's he's a man. He's a man of principle. He's a man of luxury, as Josh pointed out. He just the best. He he was quiet, but he when he spoke, everyone listened. Uh, he's one of those guys. Once he once he starts talking, everybody listens. And so I'm grateful for him. I'm grateful for the time I got to spend with him. I'm grateful that you know I got to be his grandson. That we got to share all these cool moments. I mean, the man. I just he he went from farming to. With my parents working on the arsenal, he was able to witness the space shuttle launch. Uh, he, that man, he he's, he got to see so much. But at the end of the day, too, I'm just grateful that he uh, he loved his gospel music. He loved going to church. He he instilled that in us, you know. Once he, uh, you know, my, I feel like Nana was saved out the womb. <laughs> like Nana's always been saved, you know. It was John, there's John the Baptist, and then there was Nana. Like those are the two that were just saved out the womb, bro. But, you know, once Papa kind of made that decision and, you know, it's been like that ever since. They were great leaders and just, you know, just something to aspire to be and to be like. And so that's that's something I'm just for the rest of my life. I'm going to try to want to make them proud. And so just kind of just to conclude all this, it's like this 
this is not easy. Like, we missed the guy. Like, it just hit, it hit me last night while I was laying in the bed. Like, you know, he's gone. And it's tough, you know. Wish I had more moments. And we, we all, and I think we all, that's something that we can all relate to. We wish, you know, we spent more time. But you've got to just remember, you know, just at the end of the day, you know, I know he loved me. He was proud of me. And I know that he knew that I loved him, too. And so that's, and that's it, you know. I'm, I'm going to do the best I can to take care of Nana, to be there, to be the strong shoulder. But also be able to know that it's okay to not be okay with this whole thing. And to not have the answers and to, you know, still struggle at times. But that's, uh, it's just good to know, you know, it's not always going to be like this. So, yeah, Brandon, just to, like, so one, one more time just to conclude this, I'm, I'm grateful. I thought, I thought this was important just because I, for whatever reason, I would never just be able to just sit here and just talk for an extended period of time about this with just family members and just people just because it's just, I don't know why I just can't, but I think having this platform that we've built, I think just the transparency is just the most important thing to try to build that authenticity that we want to build as a company. And so, yeah, I just, I appreciate y'all for those of y'all that have listened through this. I mean, this is, you know, at this point, I don't even know if I'm, I, w- I want to put this out. I just want it to just be something that we can all just kind of just relate to. And so, yeah, guys, we, we 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 would appreciate just the continued prayers for the family, for Nana specifically, but just to, just to be there for us, man. So we, uh, we appreciate it. And if you ask me if there's anything I can do, I'm probably going to tell you I need gas money. I'm just going to throw that out there to you. Like, yeah, I need some gas in my car. <laughs> Just uh, just be aware of that. So, yeah, guys, thank you so much. We, uh, I'm going to be on here as much as I can. But I'm also going to be as, you know, available for whenever, you know, Nana needs me, when my family needs me. I think that's the most important thing to do. But Goat Entertainment is not going to stop. Like we, I just have so much motivation to keep this going. I know Josh Walker have that same thing. So, once again, I just appreciate them for holding the fort down while I couldn't be here. But yeah, we're going to continue to do this. We're going to continue to build this. And for all the highs moments in our lives, for all the high moments that, you know, we go through, you know, and for all the low moments, we're going to be here. And I think it's something where we're just going to start talking about it because if we don't, you know, we're not going to be able to put on the shows that we want to. And so once again, guys, we just, we appreciate y'all so much, the listeners, We'd, you know, my family would appreciate the continued prayers. And, uh, and yeah, guys, thank y'all so much for checking out this week's episode of Goat Entertainment. We'll be back next week. Thank you.